I'm so lonely. I'm going to go eat a bucket of ice cream. <laughs> a bucket of... I got, uh, the spoon's in the foot powder! Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Mike. And I'm Ben. And today we're talking about season two, episode one. What is the name of the episode again, Mike? I I second that emotion. I second that emotion. I asked you the question and then I immediately just answered it myself because this is a very Ben-centric episode. A very Ben podcast episode. Um, this uh, season two is now, and so that's when uh, I'm just going to get rid of Mike, and this is just all Ben all the time. Well, I I feel like you're going to at least lose at least one listener, and that being me. It's you know it's just going to devolve into me like basically turning this into Twitter 2.0, where I'm like, today I had an egg salad sandwich. It was largely disappointing. Sure, because all uh, because people listen to the podcast, so they know what Ben ate for lunch. Welcome to Ben's Lunch Podcast. <laughs> no, it would be better than Ben's Euphemism Corner, the podcast, uh, or would it? No, spinoff podcast. I love it. Today we're talking about. I second that emotion. We get a, a, a very brief cold open on this one. I, it's I, not even like a cold open. It's a uh, just an advertisement. Yeah, I would hesitate anything. calling it a cold open. It's kind of an uh, a parody of like an ad that would happen before television shows start. Um, it is for Glagnar's Human Rights. If you have the motto or the saying, oh, I didn't write that. Um, I, I just, have it. I, I, it could be incorrect because we were flying through this episode, but uh, I wrote down bunch of crunch a bunch of humans. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I just, might have mixed one of them. Up. Just as a, a warning, there was. Uh, I think we found there was a lot to unpack in this episode. There's so a lot. There's going a good on. chance we're gonna miss a lot of things. Like I took um, uh, my pages, my my notes spilled into uh, page three which usually um, I don't ever get past like half a second page of notes. Sure. I, I usually, I, I write them down in a notebook and they usually get to page five and I only got about four or so. So we'll see. Um, but we were also, we we both did a real good job at time management. Um, myself, I'm going to make more fun of myself because I was supposed to listen to it last night and I did not uh, watch it last night and I did not. Um, so we watched it together in the same room and there were some uh, some good laugh, laughter bits. It's true. Uh, so let's get into the episode. After the Glagnar's Human Rinds commercial, uh, we cut to Leela opening a Kibbles and Snouts uh, can for Nibbler. It's a big can. It's a very big can. And uh, she's opening it with a big can opener. Well, when you've got a big can, you need a big can opener. I like big cans, and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny... I, I'm not denying your love for big cans. Good. I told you you can't deny it. So. I'm not denying that part. I'm denying the rest of it. Also, I think we you entered Ben's euphemism corner just now. <laughs> um, talking about your, your love of big cans. That one's, I mean, to be fair, <laughs> you, you really walked into that one. 
Okay, so <laughs> it's, it's I, we should probably point out that our friend Tema is is here, uh, and if, if you heard a snort just now, that is a hundred percent her. Yeah, um, we we do have an an audience today, and it's um it's different. That's for sure. That's true. We've we've we have had her in one of our previous uh, podcasts, but uh, she did not snort as much. It's because she fell asleep. We were okay, that. Okay, I wasn't gonna put her on blast. <laughs> She, she's over here trying to defend herself, but she's not on a microphone. I'm loud enough. I can get picked up. It's true. She is loud enough that she can get picked up. Okay. So, wow. <laughs> we, we really are. Have fun. Hey. Th- this is what happens when we take a week off of doing this, is we just forget how to actually podcast. Yeah. I don't know what this podcast thing is. I'm talking into a thing? Weird. Okay. Let's bring it back. Let's bring it back in. Leela's opening a can of kibbles and snouts and uh, she dumps it into nibbler's food bowl kind of on top of nibbler and he just eats it all and she's like somebody likes snouts and fry just kind of stares blankly and he's like is it me oh fry and that's sweet sweet man that's another one of my favorite jokes in all of futurama that i quote all the time where i'm just like when somebody you know says like oh somebody blah blah i'm like (laughs) is it me and of course, nobody gets it because nobody ever gets any of my Futurama. Right. Yeah, and you, you know. also tend to pick the kind of obscure ones too, which is which is real nice. It's only the people that really know Futurama will get your jokes. Mm-hmm. The big can opener uh, picks Bender up while he is walking into the mm-hmm. room, and I, I wanted to point that out specifically because I feel like, and we'll we'll get into a lot of this when we're talking about everything in this episode but a lot of things in this episode have really started laying the groundwork for future episodes like i feel like once they get into season two they're just like oh hey here's this thing that we're going to totally come back to in season three or season four um because we see that a lot in in a lot of the the references that this episode makes that's true i agree with you there um because uh and you know i won't spoil it (laughs) But this um, this show's been over for how long, and you're not going to spoil it? Okay, uh, sure. So well, I mean, if if people are, I mean, we've already spoiled some stuff. Um, people very well might be rewatching it while they listen to us, or they could be listening to it, watching it for the first so, time. But I mean, there is that episode in like season four where like the the point of the episode is that Bender gets mangled by that can opener. Oh yeah, that one. So I mean, yeah, it's I mean it's laying down a lot of um interesting plot hooks now That's just true. at the very beginning of season 2, uh which I found really interesting. I agree. The can opener ends up cutting off most of Bender's cranium. Uh he blames this on Nibbler for kind of existing. Right, because the whole reason they keep this giant can opener is specifically um for them giant cans. Specifically for Nibbler's giant cans even. <laughs> Uh, um, and, and and you just love them, Ben. I'm just gonna rename this episode to Nibbler's Giant Cans. <laughs> A subtitle. Um, yeah, Bender gets really upset about the whole uh, Nibbler situation. Yeah, the the kind of mangling he received. And uh, as a result, Nibbler just decides to bite Bender's shiny metal ass. Finally, somebody somebody did finally it. did it. Thank goodness. Um. And uh, in the process, Nibbler breaks a tooth, one of his fangs, mm-hmm. and Leela starts freaking out. It's like, oh, are, sure. are you okay? And turns out she's talking to Nibbler, not to Bender. Uh, Bender complains uh, complains about his busted ass, and w- who's going to kiss this busted ass? <laughs> right. And uh, <laughs> Zoidberg <laughs> is just like, all right, I'm coming. 
Like, and both of us just guffaw. I think we paused because we, we were we laughing so hard. We paused it because we were laughing. So how many times have we seen this show? So and many. It's such a good joke. Just just the like <laughs> the resignation. And Zoidberg is just like, fine, all right. Coming. Like, yeah, I get it. This so is my good. job. Oh, um, man. Literal. I have it written down literal laughing out loud because it was just we were guffawing. If you can't tell, we love this show. Uh, As somebody that podcasts about it, loving a thing? No. They, Why would you do such a thing? They go to the vet. One of the, again, one of the little like throwaway jokes is that uh, the one of the pets there is a little tiny naked human that's owned by a cat person. Yes. Which again comes back in later episodes. It's true. It's, it, I, I love the visual of it, which obviously is tough to kind of get through on a uh, an audio medium. Uh, but it is just a fantastic visual. When they're in the, the vet's office, the vet is like, oh, you know, it's he just needs a replacement fang. It's no problem. And Bender clearly is not happy with Nibbler to the point where it's like, what's that you say, Doc? You're going to have to put him down. <laughs> and so, at some point, Bender like grabs a bottle of goose laxative. Goose laxative. And that's breaks correct. it and like threatens Nibbler with it until mm-hmm. Leela grabs his arm and kind of like smashes it until he lets it go. The vet... Gets a replacement fang from the back, uh, which was supposed to be from a jaguar, mm-hmm. but uh, instead the jaguar knocks out the vet's tooth, sure. and so he just uses that. Yeah, uh, it, it, I will say that this is one time that I've seen jaguars being fierce. That is generally <laughs> not what I see. I, I I believe I've talked about this on the podcast. I am a fan of the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are a terrible football team. However, the jaguar in the show, pretty fierce. If you had a team full of those, your team would win. I, I can we make that happen? Because I'd love I want my team to win real bad, real bad. Dear it, dear it, Jacksonville Jaguars, if you can make this happen, please tweet at Back, back to, to Futurama. Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> you would make Mike's day. I uh, a lot of uh, you'd make a lot of days. Fry looks at the tooth that the vet has extracted from Nibbler's uh, mouth, and he says, "Hey, what are all these little rings on the inside of his tooth?" And the the vet. In a very bizarre uh, leap of logic says, well, if he's anything like the common tree, the rings indicate his age. Well, I, th- I think I think it makes sense. It's a, it's a jump in logic. But I mean, if there's I don't know if, you know, the way his his fangs grow, it very well could be in that kind of same similar way. My favorite part of this discussion is uh, Fry immediately responds to it. would take a genius to count all those rings to which the vet leans over and says, there's five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However, I'm going to take a quick step back and um, <laughs> do I really need to explain to you how dendrochronology works? D- let's let's listen to this on a podcast. Long story short, Nibbler Nibbler's teeth aren't going to have rings based on his age because teeth don't have seasons unlike trees. Well, we don't know about B- Nibbler's uh, the Nibblonians. They very well might. They're aliens. Okay, well, whatever. That's the, I'm not it, Nibblonians are the is the Sorry, am I am I spoiling things in the future? Well, no, but if you're gonna if you're gonna pull that as a reference, we know that the Niblonians are way older than five years old. Maybe it's maybe it's thousands, five thousand. I suppose. Aha! I've gotten to you there, my friend. It takes a thousand year for a ring to grow, so that makes sense. They come back from the vet's <laughs> office. Yeah, that's right. I'm just abandoning <laughs> that point. They come back from the vet's office and they're throwing a Aliens. happy birthday Nibbler party for his fifth birthday. Mm-hmm. Bender is 
kind of jealous over the whole nibbler thing and he's trying to show off i wouldn't i would remove the word kinda he is a hundred percent super jealous let me back up bender is extremely jealous over the whole nibbler situation well uh, nibbler is stealing the attention that is obviously meant to go to bender and so he's trying to show off and uh one of the things that he does is he he's playing pin the tail on the moon maggot mm-hmm. and he uses his robot precision to like hone in on the exact spot and he thinks he's amazing for it. it it's actually quite similar to i believe in the the moon episode when they go to the moon where he's sticking his arm in and rotate or talking about i know how to uh it's just like making a love to a woman where he twists 74 degrees and then wrote in i mean i suppose he doesn't talk about it no but it's it's a very similar kind of it's a very precision yes very precision um which i find uh good that they continue to work with the precision that a robot can give he's very annoyed that everybody's fawning over nibbler for just running around or chewing on a spoon or wearing or a cape wearing a cape which by the way i would 100 percent wear a cape on my birthday of course I'm just staring at Mike right now and I don't have any I don't have any words for I, I'm sorry if I show up to to Quarter World with in a cape and a and a and a crown how would you the, react The crown makes it because okay. just a cape weird crown and a cape awesome We went to karaoke that one time and there was the guy who was wearing the crown and the cape <laughs> and I I knelt down to and the, said yes. my liege <laughs> and the dude didn't know what to do <laughs> You don't you don't show up to a karaoke no, bar in a crown and a cape <laughs> not prepared to know uh, not prepared for someone bowing down oh, and calling man. you my liege. <laughs> I'm sorry you just don't do that. No you don't but Oh man, I forgot how did I forget about that story? Oh, it's so good. So yes, I will be showing up onto my birthday in just a cape just to weird you out then. Just just a cape, <laughs> nothing else. Hey, it's May. It's 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 the it's almost the summer. It'll be warm. Bender gets very jealous about this, and so, like I said, he's showing off with pin the tail on the moon maggot, and he's uh, he's like, "Hey, everybody, look at this!" And he takes his head off and starts spinning it around like a Harlem Globetrotter, uh-huh. uh, whistling the the tune. Sure. And um, nobody <sighs> really seems impressed. And Leela says, "Well, aren't you supposed to be baking a cake?" So he uh, goes in to go bake a cake. Mm-hmm. And he says it's going to be the best darn cake ever. And then he grabs a, uh, a thing of rat poison and starts laughing and then tries to uses it to kill some rats on the ground. It says, it says now to bake a cake. The, the most delicious cake is possible. So they'll love him more. And so he bakes this awesome cake with a little bender uh, topper on it, which is adorable. And I would totally want one. Sure. For I, all yes, future I, cakes. Shocker. Uh-huh. Um, and <laughs> I, I do. I really love the fact that he, he himself has two settings in his compartment to refrigerate or easy bake oven. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's a multi-use compartment. It's tr- for sure. It's um, true. And uh, the cake also in at the very top layer in very tiny font says happy birthday, Nibbler. And then the bottom big layer says bye, Bender in a big <laughs> font because it's all about him. It's all about Bender all the time. 100% of the time. Then he just has to spell check it and then he's done. But while he's cleaning up, Nibbler just comes in and eats the whole cake. Nobody got a chance to see his awesome work. And so in his rage and frustration with this little nibbler thing thing he 
flushes Nibbler down the toilet. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Leela gets really upset. As, oh, absolutely. I mean... If somebody had flushed my cat down the toilet, I'd be just as mad. Exactly. She does ask how Bender would feel if she flushed Fry down the toilet. And he's like, only one way to find out. <laughs> Your favorite character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've said before, I'm not going to defend anything Bender does just because he's my favorite character. I know. I'm just pointing. I like to point it out. My my favorite character offered was going to kiss a Bender's ass earlier. So, I, I mean... If we're going to judge each other on what our favorite characters are going to do. Let's do. <laughs> let's let's save it for a bonus podcast. We do also see, though, that while they're having a funeral for Bender, he's outside watching All My Circuits and laughing at Calculon's uninsured house being run into by his brother. And Calculon has, has uh, incurable cancer. Some like crazy story like that. I think there's something about a plane in which all your family was on running into your uninsured house or something, like crashing. Yeah, into I was gonna, I was gonna try to write all that down, but it happens too fast. It happens, I can't remember the whole this line. This episode is just slam packed worth of good stuff. But Bender's laughing at it because he's a jerk. Like they, they really go out of the way in this one to establish Bender has no feelings whatsoever, uh, other than laughing at other people's pain. It's it's absolutely true that he has he just wants to laugh at everyone's pain. Leela wishes for a way for Bender to feel what she is feeling, and the professor says that he can do that. Uh Fry asks if this is another experiment that crosses the line man was not meant to cross. And the professor just raises his hands in a um just a little bit. Just a little just, just, a, a, scope. just a tiny bit. Just a just I a just I love bit. the the kind of smirk on his face when he does it too, where he's like, Yeah, you caught me. Just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and, and uh, this is another point in which we, we both laughed in the episode because it's it's just the visual and the, the timing. Uh, it, it's it's hard to describe, but the timing in this episode is just so good that leads to these kind of huge laughter moments. Uh, the professor installs an empathy chip onto Bender's head. Uh, they kind of have to tackle him and like really force it on there, and he's hammering hammering it in and kind of misses and hits Bender in the face a couple of times, but no biggie. No it's big fine. deal. He, he doesn't have any empathy right now. And then they tune it to the emotional frequency for Leela. So he's well, the, professor's, the professor's kind of uh, turning the screw in this chip. Yeah, almost like a, trying to find the right station on an FM mm-hmm. radio or something. The very first emotion that he turns into uh, is he says, I'm feeling a need to cram my gullet with <laughs> mackerel heads. And Zoidberg... <laughs> <laughs> in in one of the best Zoidberg moments is just like that's me baby <laughs> uh, I love I love that Zoidberg he also tunes it to uh, Amy and or maybe Fry I, I think I think it's uh, do you have written down what what it was what the what it said it was something about being it the line is uh, that he feel. He says, now I'm feeling cute, but also worried that I'm not as... Something, I'm not as cute as Leela or something. Something like that. Um, and Amy takes it, and Fry's like, thanks. Uh, like, thanks for covering for me. I 100% think it was Fry. I mean, it could be both. I mean, yeah, but... Maybe they both just feel like that all the time. Leela is such a presence. I can see it. 
then they finally hone in on Leela's frequency, which uh-huh. is opinionated and Mrs. Nibbler. Yeah, I'm sad about Nibbler and I'm opinionated. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest. Leela kind of is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a bunch of different scenes of uh, just Leela going through some emotions sure. about being upset that uh, being sad that Nibbler is gone, being angry that Bender flushed Nibbler. And so Bender kind of goes through all these emotions bit by bit. Uh, there's also a scene where Leela and Amy go to a bar to try to cheer Leela up. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and it looks like o- Ozorgnax's. Good old Ozorgnax's pub. If that is an easy name to say, 100% of the time. Leela gets kind of jealous because Amy starts flirting with a guy and sure. they start dancing. And um, and Bender feels that emotion as well and starts yelling at Fry. That, and that fr- uh, Fry only gets all the men because he dresses like a champ. Uh, champ. Dresses <laughs> like a tramp. He dresses like a champion. Dresses like a champion. No, dresses like <laughs> dress a, like a champion today. Dress like a tramp, and then uh, in yet another line that we both just just about <laughs> died. Um, Leela gets really lonely because uh, Amy is going to go uh, off to this guy's back seat for coffee. Leela uh, gets really sad and. Well, she, she's trying to play it cool, but then it cuts to Bender, who's like, I'm so sad and alone, I'm going to go eat a whole bucket of ice cream. And then as he walks off, Fry shouts, spoons in the foot powder. <laughs> it's still so funny. <laughs> because, so, here's, here's the thing. First of all, first of all, it assumes they only have one spoon one, in the whole apartment. One spoon. A singular spoon. Second... It's this. They use the same spoon for ice cream that they do for foot powder. Sure, and also there, there's a lot of foot powder to put a spoon into. Uh huh. Uh huh. Like there's it's layers. So many layers, but just like it's like a nice parfait of just even thinking about it now. Spoons <laughs> in the foot powder <laughs> is one of the. Oh, it's, I, I can't even with how good it is. I can't. It's um, so. Some of these lines in this episode are so good. Bender misses Nibbler so much. Mm-hmm. Because, He's overcome because by that of, emotion, right? Yeah, because of Leela's emotions, that he decides to flush himself down the toilet mm-hmm. to go find Nibbler. At, at first, he is he doesn't he just kind of stands in the toilet and tries to flush, and he's too big for the toilet. What do these humans even design these for? I don't want to explain it to Bender. <laughs> that makes two of us. Then he decides to just take off like arms and mm-hmm. his head. And he basically all of that. disassembles he, himself, mm-hmm. and. And that that does work. He gets to flush himself down the toilet. Fry's like pounding on the door, panicked, and he he runs in. He's like, Bender, Bender, have you seen my sombrero? <laughs> I'm telling you guys, this this episode is a riot. I just I think the I I think the interesting thing, uh, and we can talk about this more when we get into the the grade section of it. But I feel like I noticed when I was watching this that. This is, I think, the first time where it's just been like Fry just has so many good lines in this episode mm-hmm. that I think that maybe season two is where they kind of start getting the right uh, voice for Fry and they kind of figure out like who he is. They really dial in like his comedic timing. Sure, I agree because with I you think there. I laughed more at at things Fry did in this episode uh, than any other episode in season one. So um, I, I feel like. They're just really nailing it with Fry. I, I mean, certainly in this episode they nailed it. I mean, we're gonna have to we're gonna keep talking about this as we keep going through season two. So we'll 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 see 
what we end up deciding the full way. But They decide they need to go into the sewer to look for Bender. So they pull up the, the sewer manhole, and it's got the PJs logo on it, sure. which was a show on Fox at the time, which was a weird random reference to make to just like tie that into well i bet it was one of those things like fox is like hey you're doing okay the pjs is not could you just put a small little thing in there not one of the finest tv shows fox ever canceled i mean we could start the pjs podcast no no (laughs) (laughs) then they go down into the sewer and uh my main note about the sewer is it's just one sentence a lot of poop jokes (laughs) there's a lot of poop jokes including one by the professor uh who ends up uh saying that there's mutants in the sewer the sewers the sewers um because of a couple different reasons and then good old american feces god bless america yeah so like you said there are mutants down in the sewers um which we get to after. I mean, I'm just going to... I don't think there's any reason to go through any of the, I mean, the poop jokes. They're poop jokes. Well, they're poop jokes. I mean, I, I didn't write any of those down. I mean, I assume if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard poop jokes before. Um, but they they finally catch up with Bender as they're kind of going through the sewers. And he's trying to put himself back together. But he's thrown away the manual, so he has no idea how to mm-hmm. put himself back together. Then they keep uh, going going along after they find Bender looking for a way out. And then they meet some mutants. Well, they find a way out. It's straight up, and it and it's like a two inch diameter pipe. It's not really a way out, though. Fry well, just thinks it's a way out. Well, it, it after a mile, it it widens quite quite a, a whole bunch. Idiot. Who me or Fry? Fr- oh, Fry. I mean, because I because I, I could accept that as well. I just I like that Leela thinks idiot, and then it oh yes beeps on. <laughs> we should point out. I that, forgot like, that gag should point out that anytime Bender gets someone else's emotions on this thing, the little chip uh, flashes red. So you can kind of see that where she's like idiot and his thing flashes red at the same time and says idiot. <laughs> um, I forgot that. See this, this has, this episode has so many good gags in it that just work really well because of the right timing things. You know, there's enough pauses to wait for the funny thing to happen. Mm-hmm. It just, everything is so sub- well timed in this episode yeah they do finally meet the the mutants uh which again it's it's yet another setup for uh future things because uh the mutants play uh important roles in a lot of future episodes it's true in fact the specific mutants that end up taking really big roles are in this episode Mm -hmm. like they planted that in there um i think that's probably a big enough one that we won't spoil that one in case you haven't seen it i mean you everyone that's watched the episode the the seasons before will know what we're talking about but i don't think if you've not seen the whole thing you won't they give a tour of the city down here in the sewer um one of my favorite gags about this too is that if you look in the background as they're walking through literally every building in the sewer is a dry cleaners uh (laughs) <laughs> i did not catch that i have not caught that that's very good i enjoy that very much yeah it, yeah if you go back and watch it and just watch them walk through the sewers it's like dry cleaner next to a dry cleaner <laughs> next to a dry cleaner i i imagine it's good business i imagine it's the the only business well that's not true they have to have they have schools they have libraries there's librarians i mean when you're when your library is only crumpled porno in ayn rand it's true it's pretty easy to like. You don't really need a, a good librarian. That's true. You don't need that. A, you don't need somebody certified in the Dewey Decimal System. Y- no, you do not. You just need a 
a porno section, a crumpled porno section, and an Ayn Rand section. Mm-hmm. Although they seem to be kind of intermingled on the the shelf, so maybe not even all that great. Maybe not all that great. My favorite part of this last discussion was how good is the librarian in the sewer? I mean, you don't have to be good, so uh, pretty, go. <laughs> pretty um, obviously. Yeah, as as Mike sort of alluded to, everything in the sewer is something that has been flushed, and so it's a lot of like dead like fish Mm -hmm. and a bird a dead bird is in their aquarium too which is i'm not sure if they've ever seen a bird Mm -hmm. they worship an unexploded nuclear bomb well that's only for like what christmas and Mm -hmm. and nobody's that observant nobody's that observant they also explain that uh there's so they they point over to this really giant toilet that goes down into the sub sewer (laughs) um and but they say that there is a freakish race of sub mutants down there. And then somebody says, oh, please, that's just a suburban legend. <laughs> and it's it's just such a, a simple pun. But I, I giggle it's a little so bit good. every time. It's so good. We also find out that there is uh, a creature known as El Chupanibre. El Chupanibre. Who eats uh, crocodiles. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's you had to of, think about that. There's, there's a, a lot, lot of, of jokes about alligators versus crocodiles uh-huh. in this one, and it's like, crap. Right, because... Fr- Even in the song, they they make the joke. Right, well, because Fry says, so it's true that alligators are are down here in the sewer, and uh, the the lady mutant says, no. Uh, Fry's like, well, what's that? And she says, crocodile. So they make a lot of jokes about that, which is really good. So yeah, they sing a song about El Chupanibre. About how he'll eat you whole and half your alligator. Crocodile. Whatever. Leela dis- remembers that Nibbler loves crocodile. It's his favorite treat. So he, they kind of figure out or think they figure out that Nibbler equals El Chupanibre. Which is, again, quite a, a big leap in logic on that one. But, you know. It's true. I guess if you're desperate to find your pet that was flushed down the toilet by your robot, you'll do a lot of leaps in logic. To- wow, when you, when you say it like mm-hmm. that. I can understand I, it. It's a problem that we've all faced from time to time. Oh, of course. Absolutely. Hi, I'm Ben. We've had a lot of fun on this podcast today, but we need to talk about something serious. Pet flushings by robots are one of the leading causes of missing pets in today's America. Have, have you questioned your Roomba today? mutants get kind of mad that they inadvertently unleashed El Chupanibre on everybody and decide to try to trap it because Leela's trying to get Nibbler back anyways, yeah. right? Everybody trying wins. Um, but the only way to lure El Chupanibre is with a snacrifice. Mm-hmm. Of, a, of, a, of a virgin. Of an unspoiled virgin. Thank you for the qualifier. Um, Leela offers... Um, to which uh, one of the, I believe the female mutant says uh, basically tells her everybody knows about you and Zap Brannigan. Right, everybody's seen Zap Brannigan's web page. Oh, right, thank you. Um, so, and as you pointed out, literally while we were watching <laughs> the episode, it wasn't Bender. It that wasn't Bender this, this time. time. So, although he does laugh quite a bit, which in turn makes Leela feel sad, which in turn makes Bender feel sad. Mm-hmm. And he said, "Oh, I made myself feel bad." So they set the trap. Uh, Leela's tied up on a uh, stake 
and uh, they even rip her shirt a little bit because you can't have a sacrifice that is in like perfectly clothed yeah. condition. And they set basically just a little uh, rope trap in front of Leela. Sure. And then Nibbler kind of hobbles out. Well, they determine it's night because they can hear the tide rolling in. I wasn't going to mention the poop jokes. Look, I, this this joke is actively part of the plot, though. Fine. Because it's night and it because you can hear the tide rolling in. And there are some definite, uh, I'll, I'll call them plops. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Nibbler kind of waddles up, and uh, Bender's like, yay, it's Nibbler. It's El Chupanibre. To which one of the mutants is like, that's not El Chupanibre. That's El Chupanibre. And this and giant, it, like, lizard, green lizard emerges from the same pipe, and it's just gigantic. Mm-hmm. And nobody can do anything because mm-hmm. Leela's tied up, and Fry starts running but gets caught in that rope trap, mm-hmm. so he gets uh, strung upside down. A perfect fry moment if I've ever seen one. And Nibbler is about to get eaten by El Chupanibre. And Leela is really scared and she wants Bender to help, but he can't because he is so afraid because he's getting Leela's emotions still. So Bender uh, ends up giving her a pep talk about um, don't think about what the world, think about what the world needs to give you and be selfish and basically. Right. Think about what the world owes you. And Which she starts with a, a new tank top. She's, her her desires in the world are a new tank top, gem-encrusted boots, mm-hmm. and some kind of pants to go with the rest of that outfit. Uh-huh. I don't like exactly remember what. That's that's it. I mean, she does kind of add in a, in a bit, like, maybe one of those weekends at a fancy spa. That's true. But, like, those are, those are the biggest dreams in her life, apparently, is just a new tank tops and gem-encrusted boots. I mean, hey, if you're Leela, you do you. This gives Bender the courage to actually spring back and fight El Chupanibre. And, of course, his arms immediately get ripped off. Of course. But uh, he still has his arms kind of crawl over and, like, punch the monster. And then he sort of turns into, like, a a spring. Uh, There's a word for that. And I don't don't know what... Spring your... It's like a a rivet... um, I don't know. I don't know mechanics. Um, You're not a mechanical man? I'm a human man. Human man. Just because I love Bender doesn't mean I'm a mechanical man. I, you ha- you've you never offered me sandwiches from your compartment, so I can't be sure. <laughs> Gross. So, <laughs> Sorry, that's a future joke. That Ben's euphemism corner. Oh, my. <laughs> so... Uh. Anyways, he he turns into sort of a, a like rivet like spring sort of thing, and then pushes the the monster into the giant toilet, and they his hand comes up and flushes it down to the sub sewer. So now the the El Chupanibre or the El Chupanibre El Chupanibre is the sub sewer's problem now. Yep, and they start singing a happy. Uh, the mutants start singing a happy song about the uh, the legend of Bender. Mm-hmm. But then one of the guitar strings breaks and he says, it's going to be a long time before anybody flushes another guitar string. They close back at Planet Express where Bender is going kind of insane, having all these emotions all the time. Um, Especially because right now Leela is just like fawning over Bender and they're like, oh, lovey dovey. He's like, get this thing out of me before I kill myself. (laughs) So the professor takes it off and says, oh my, like this was 
This was burnt out. All the emotions you felt were your own. And then after a few moments, he looks at it a little bit more and is like, actually, it was working three times as well. Mm-hmm. And Bender says, and I still fel- barely felt anything. Goodbye, losers, and just walks out. And uh, Leela Le- says, well, he may not have learned anything from me, but I learned something from him. So long, jerkwads. <laughs> And just walks out. And, and that's um, the moral of the story. And just the ver- be a jerk. The very last thing, which I so love, is the professor's just like, so long. <laughs> it's very good. Very good. Um, and that's pretty much yep, the episode. That's where it cuts to uh, the credits. And so with that, let's go to... Grades! Okay, so... I really love a lot about this episode. Uh, I think I made that pretty clear throughout the discussion on this episode. I do really think that when they came back in season two, I, I, I just I feel like they really found their footing. They've got a good idea of who all the characters are now. Like I said, the comedic timing is just really tightened up. Like there are so many little bits here and there that are just so perfect. Uh, like I said, there are so many good moments where I'm just laughing at Fry because he's like, oh, have you seen my sombrero? And we get the the funny bit with like Zoidberg just kind of interjecting because like someone's going to have to kiss Bender's ass. And like, you know, just all these little bits where it, this is this is where we start getting to the Futurama that I really, really love because it the the sense of timing in the comedy is just so good. Uh, with that said, the plot itself is okay. I'm not super invested in it. And again, just kind of a lot of poop jokes, which I don't necessarily have a problem with. But when you start stacking them all up on top of each other like that, it does get a little dreary. Um, but overall, fantastic episode. A, a good start to season two. I'm going to give it a B plus. Okay. Um, I'm fully on the same page with you when it comes to um, the comedic timing. It feels like they've really started to figure out what these characters are and who they are and where where they're funniest. Um, I think th- the plot is fine. It's nothing to write, write home about. I really appreciate all the world building that starts happening in this episode as you... Yeah, that's true. I didn't mention that in my grades, but uh, the... The fact that it feels like the world is really lived in and has character is really coming to fruition in this as well. Yeah, I agree completely with that. Uh, it's it's such a good episode. The fact it, the fact that the plot is just fine. It, it's it's okay because of all the funny things that are in it. I, I'm going to be a little bit more po- in a, a little bit more positive about this episode just because we've been talking about it and there were so many times that we literally laughed out loud sitting next to each other while watching this episode that I think I'm going to have to give it an A. It's good. It's it's solid. I mean, I I don't want my I don't want my critiques of it uh of the plot being, you know, uh too harsh. Um but and I I feel like it's something that should be addressed just because of the uh the whole debacle of giving a flight to remember such a bad grade. <laughs> I will shut up about this point eventually. Uh I but, look forward to that. <laughs> but I do think that when you're judging an episode of Futurama, you kind of have to judge it against all other episodes of Futurama, uh, which is the only reason why I'm giving it as low as a B plus. Sure. Because yes, absolutely. We literally had to stop the playback 
like three times in this episode because we were laughing too hard to take notes for the podcast. And that's a fantastic episode. So I don't want I don't want my judgment of the plot to to ring too hard on it, but you know, it is what it is. I mean, I certainly understand what you're saying. I just think that I, I think I keep this a little bit higher in the the rest of the Futurama just because this is such a funny episode and has so many different and it's also a lot of like character building brick building of the world where everything feels lived in you know we we see the sewers for the first time we see a lot of things for the first time we and then it seems like they were starting to understand it's certainly the main characters some of the tertiary characters so i think i think that bumps it for me up a little bit okay and i mean we're kind of just uh we're not even agreeing to disagree here we're agreeing vehemently to mostly agree agreed which is maybe the best way to podcast for super interesting podcasting entertainment so uh i suppose we should just move on and um call that good uh, until next week if you'd like to get in contact with us you can do so by emailing us at back to the Futurama podcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at back to Futurama. And as always, if you would be so kind, please go ahead to and open up iTunes and rate and subscribe to us um, because that always helps us out. Get some more visibility. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much if, if for, for listening and thank you for rating, subscribing, telling your friends, sending emails and all that other stuff. It it's, it's every time we get something, it's just the, the most amazing feeling and, It blows us away every time. And we love you very much. And with that, I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. Goodbye from the world of tomorrow. tomorrow.